Ah, Mountaineer Nation. What an epic comeback. You'd say those are kind of once in a blue moon, but, but we've seen two blue moons here in about seven and a half weeks. Uh, and not just beers, you know, that they put that orange in, but two great 19-point comebacks here for the Mountaineers in Big 12 play this season. Never say die. This team is resilient. They can score with the best of them. And we're starting to learn how to maybe figure it out on the defensive end um, when we have to. Still major improvement needed there. Um, going to be exciting. Zach's going to talk, hop in here with us. We're going to talk all about this big Texas win. We're going to preview the uh, the remaining two legs of this Texas trio three-step we're rolling through there with the game of TCU on tomorrow evening, Tuesday, and then the Baylor game on Thursday. We're going to talk a lot more about Baylor, just the ramifications of what it means, not only nationally, but for this Big 12 conference, and, and just kind of uh, gives us a feel of it, man. So we're real excited for that. We're going to get in some Big 12 realm discussion. We're also going to talk about some of the better teams that we've seen um, in the country and, uh, you know, how, how we think that might fare for us and kind of the national perspective for the Mountaineers. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee. Phil stop. it's in the evening, grab the drink. Hallelujah, things are thawing out in Texas, and so do the Longhorn shooting in the second half. So come on back and talk all about it with us here on the porch. Heck, man, I uh, let's just go ahead and say this right now. We need to make sure we have it. Uh, we're down 19 points. Um, every tournament game, um, and then I'll feel real good uh, about our chances of advancing every round. Uh, 19 seems to be the magic number, doesn't it? Yeah, I really don't even know why we bother playing in the first half. Just kind of let it, let it roll, and we'll figure something out in the second half. It seems to be how it's been going. Yeah, kind of, kind of amazing. Um, and, man, it, I mean, the old, the old Dickinson book, What the Tale of Two Cities, this is the Tale of Two Halves. Mm. Um especially on the defensive end. Uh, have you ever seen, and I mean, it's, I'm trying to kind of think back and, you know, I guess this year even is probably the only time we've ever really seen an example, but teams, West Virginia basketball teams that have struggled so mightily defensively in the first half and then somehow find a way to put the clamps on somebody in the second half. Um, I mean, I think about some of those, the 2010 team, a couple of times, second half, I remember St. John's comeback in that fashion. Uh, and then Ohio State, where the defense was kind of the catalyst. I mean, you know, you score, what, 84 points, Zach, right? But your defense is why you won that game, not your offense. I mean, you had to make the shots, but we had them at 29 points in the second half. I thought that was pretty impressive. Yeah, I was going to say, let me put a quick qualifier on that. It was our defense in the second half. Our first half defense was absolutely atrocious. Oh, yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. It's no need for qualifier. We 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 established we all saw anything it. anything we talk about defensively in this game uh, in positive is in the second twenty minutes. Yeah, once once they went to that zone, which I'm pretty sure they were in, if not all of the second half, most of the second half, that point drop really just completely messed up Texas's flow. They weren't getting to the basket like they did in the first half. I'm pretty sure I saw they had like 41 paint points in the first half. That's insane. Yep, and I think they had four in the second half, Zach. Yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, and this is just a – I'm just going to throw this out here. I think this is when I kind of noticed it. I feel like we went to that point drop about 17 minutes left to go. We're down about, six, what, 17, 19 points at that time. Texas is shooting 71% from the floor. And then what they came out in the second half and made, what, three straight threes, and it's like, oh, shit. And we pulled the plug on the man and went to the, uh, you know, the point drop matchup and seemed to work pretty well for us. Yeah, and that's something that Huggins kind of keeps going to when we get in spots like that. But I don't know if it's something he's going to rely on down the road as our base defense or he's just going to keep going and he's the, paint, the point drop whenever it's let me necessary. Ask you, I mean, let me ask you this, Zach. I mean, I, just to be honest, the, as well as that thing worked, essentially holding Texas to 20 points in the last 17 minutes of the game. Um, I mean, why? I, mean, I guess it is very matchup dependent, and he really likes to have Gabe in there to run the point drop, so that eliminates you from having Culver out there on the floor, I think, because um, he doesn't really want to play those two together. 
at least from what you can kind of, you know, the way it flows offensively. Um, I mean, I just think that's he, – he's loving playing that defense. I guess you, you can't play it all the time because you are giving up too much on the offensive end if you have to have Gabe out there, you know, eight, even more than he's already out there now. Yeah, I would say that that aids to that style of defense because you have to move around a lot in that area. But they, they do well. They look outstanding doing it in the second half. And I really enjoy those kind of defense the hug throw out, throws out there from time to time. But, he's, you know, it is, it is heart and soul. He's a man-to-man defense kind of guy. So I can't see him going to that all the time. But it's nice to have when you need it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's nice to have that trick in your pocket. You know, the one-three-one back in the mm-hmm. day, this point-drop matchup that we're rolling with right now. Like you said, it, you kind of you kind of feel like they are. Uh, you know, it, it's a change-up. It's obviously something that Texas wasn't ready for, and you, and you heard him kind of mention it in the pregame radio interview. He said, "Well, we'll have a few things for him today." Well, <clears throat> I kept wondering what the hell the few things were um, after watching the first half, but then. You know, like we said, started speeding him up a little bit, got him off kilter a little bit here and there, kind of got him standing around. Gabe's so important in that defense because I feel like he absorbs everything to mm. him somehow. Um, and it's it's wild on that front. Um, Zach, so, I mean, you know, I think obviously we, we kind of talked about how the, that kind of was the catalyst in the second half, but you also had to make shots, right? And obviously part of the reason why in the first half maybe we didn't continue to shoot, you know, at the same clip Texas was, is your boy, the hot boy, Sean McNeil, had picked up two kind of quick nickel dimers and was not on the floor. And, man, did he make up for lost time in the second half with big 16 points that he dropped on the on the Longhorns. Yeah, we could have done what we did in the second half without him offensively. It was it was a long, a long way coming back, like you said, the 19-point deficit. Without him, that would have been possible. And I'm glad you brought up the nickel dimers because – they were calling it like that from the jump. Then it kind of changed a little bit in the second half. We turned to a street fight. Yeah, it was it was a different – you said tail of two halves. It was kind of like that with, with regard to the refereeing as well because from the start they were just calling ticky-tack stuff, and that's one reason, like you said, the McNeil got in early foul trouble. But, you know, you look at the free throw disparity, 37 free throws for us to Texas is 10. I mean, it worked out for us in a way, so I'll take it, but – they were, oh, they were definitely, it, it definitely blowing definitely, the soft whistle. But, well, I mean, they were. But you know what else was kind of part of that, you want to say, the style and the way we played the game, right? Texas was chucking up chucking up perimeter shots pretty much the entire entire game. And I didn't think we were doing that as much. No, only 21 attempts for us. It's, I mean, the way we've been playing as of late the past month or so, that's on the low end. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The the style of game does aid to that for sure. And kind of get into the stats, right? So you get outshot by essentially ten percentage points. They make eight more shots than you in the game. They took five more shots than we did in the game. Um, they took five more threes, made four more threes. I mean, you said it. The foul line, the plus twenty-two differential, there's is the big key. You also got re- out rebounded by two. Um, you know, the only thing really, the two things that save us in this basketball game, obviously, are a, um, you know, the ability to not turn the ball mm-hmm. over. I think that was you know pivotal. Although it felt like you know of those ten turnovers, three or four of them came in the last three or four minutes. Definitely. Um, that one by McNeil at the <laughs> end about giving me a heart attack amongst all the. Things at the uh, end almost gave me a heart attack. Wild, wild. But you know what's even crazier, um, Zach, is we didn't score a bucket in that game for the final, I believe it was six minutes. Mm. And yet we won the game. Yeah, that's not uh, that's not typical. <laughs> I mean, when Deuce McBride drills that three, I think that was the last actual basket that we made in the game. We got home on free throws. Mm-hmm. And we needed every one of them. And we needed Texas to miss every one that they did. And they, they definitely helped us out there. Four for yeah. ten from the line. You're uh, you're sick about that if you're Shaka. 
Yeah, I mean, and, you know, they had the opportunity, obviously, um, there at the very end, uh, going to the line with, you know, a, a guy in Coleman, a senior, part of the law firm there in their backcourt, thought he was going to have an opportunity to go down the, you know, and when Sean, like you said, when Sean turns it over, they get the steal, he fouls, you're like, oh, my gosh, now we got to make a shot to win this thing. Because you're expecting Coleman to drop down both mm-hmm. those free throws. Yeah. And then he misses. And then we have the whole ordeal that happens, you know, with, them getting another crack at it and then even another crack at it after that um i mean they wanted to they wanted to let me uh hear some some commentary there Zach. uh um get some more replays in there but i mean it, it's it's unbelievable how how many chances it felt like and that that last what seven to eight seconds felt like it took an eternity of real time to get through that i mean it was unbelievable i know and not only did Sean, because you know it, you can't bag on the kid, he had a he had a hell of a game, hell of a second half. But the turnover was awful, especially because he had Kai Jones on him. That was a matchup that he was obviously trying to exploit. Gave up the ball there, and then not only that, commits the foul, puts one of the best free throw shooters in the country on the line. And you're like, oh my gosh, what is what is about to happen? It was just, yeah. it was it was <laughs> almost debilitating watching it happen. And thankfully, it worked out in our favor. But it was it was heart attack central. Zach, it, it was stress Virginia at its finest, right? But here's the thing, man. Let's think about this real quick, though. With this team, this season, we won a game where we didn't make a field goal for the last six and a half minutes of the game. And you want to talk about a hell of a field goal? That shot by Deuce right there, the one you're talking about, last field goal made from three. That oh. was straight ice water. Yeah. I mean, and the fact that he you know, kind of readjusted the puppies, you know, kind of, kind of got the guy uh, to run by him, set, boom, drilled it. You know, because a lot of guys, if they don't they don't make that shot, you know, once they have to kind of readjust and kind of reset their feet. But like you said, Deuce had ice water in the veins, uh, t- ties it back up. Um, then, you know, I-, I felt like, obviously, too, we had another chance there where Gabe, Gabe went to the line and missed a free throw. Um, and then Taz – I really like what I saw at a Taz late in the game, uh, Zach. Getting to the free throw line a couple times, you know, got got to the line there. Um, after Ramey made the two threes, and, and both those threes were just clutch. I mean, it was such an astute play by Taz to get him out of that game, knowing he has four, getting into the body down there, hitting both free throws. Um, I mean, it just, man, high, high basketball IQ. And that's the type of play that wins you a game in March as well. I mean, we're seeing little things like that. I mean, I, you know, somebody that I respect a lot, opinion, you know, they came and said, man, even if we didn't win that game, I still believed that we've got a team that can win special, do special things in March because, again, down by damn near 20, and you come back and you, and you win a game or you were right there at the end against a top 10 basketball team. Yeah, no doubt. It's – it's just the kind of ball they've been playing, you know, especially the second half of the season. They just don't – they don't give up. No matter what it looks like, they're never going to let off the gas pedal. They're never going to call it quits. And, by God, they did it again. And you mentioned how clutch Taz was down the stretch. He had an off-shooting day, you know, three for 13, two eight from three, but – the shots he made were big. Six to six from the line is massive, especially the one, a couple that he hit near the end. And uh, that foul on Ramey, like you talked about, that's a huge heads-up play by him. He recognized the matchup when he got the ball in the post, and he took advantage of it, got Ramey in the air, and that's all she wrote for him, which was huge because, I mean, Ramey, opposite from Taz, he was, their he guy. was absolutely in the way. He was seven of that's eight. Un- three. That's unconscionable. Um, yeah. I mean, and you think about the two that he hit right there after we had taken the five-point lead on the McNeil free throws. Like, we had taken back, you know, Deuce makes the shot. We're on that comeback trail. We had kind of, I felt like, sort of started Tucker out from that run, you know, because it always takes a lot to get you back when you've got that big comeback you got to make, right? And you got to kind of guard for their run coming. And we were kind of in that lull space there, I thought. Then, like you said, Taz the line. Then the three free throws for Sean, we're up five, and it's like, yes, we got this thing. You know, you're feeling really good about it. And then Ramey hits two from 
you know, might as well have been from Fort Worth. Um, it felt like where we're, where we're heading, um, next. And it's like, man, there's, there's no way this just happened. And I don't know about you, Zach, but at that point in time, I'm, I'm like, oh shit, like this, this is going to happen again to these guys. And kind of like it did against Oklahoma, we're every bit as good, but for some reason we're snake bitten. Yeah, I know. And it was tough too, because I mean, Texas shot it so well in the first half, you're thinking, well, there's no way in hell that we let them do that again in the second half. And just by the law of averages, they should come back to the mean in the second half. But they got out to that run to start the second half, and we were letting them do it. And it was like, man, here we go. This is two straight L's coming, obviously to good teams, but nevertheless, it, it hurts. But, you know, like we talked about, it wasn't it wasn't a game they were willing to let go, and they, they made it happen. Ramey, Ramey had 28 points mm-hmm. in 28 minutes. Um, you talked about the law of averages. Texas was 11 of 29 yep. in the second half, although they still were 7 of 14 from three. So a few of those big threes they made were, I mean, absolutely clutch. Um, and, you know, Zach, we kind of we talked about, you know, obviously Taz taking it into the body there, getting the foul, getting the lead. Sean, then, you know, Taz then doing it again once we're down one. Um Obviously, tough tough to see that Deuce, you know, misses that one free throw. You kind of mm-hmm. expected him to go to the line and drop them both down. Um, and that was like uh, kind of a sort of a bummer moment there. You you kind of, you know, for a guy who's been as clutch as he has, you expected, expected you know, to get both those down and, and have the lead. Um, you know, I thought at that point, though, Zach, you know, you, you got that you, you're up again and <laughs> – I mean, I, it was just cardiac. Like you said, cardiac to get that thing home. Um, found a way to do it. Um, I'm, I was just a little disappointed in the coverage after the game, by the way, from ESPN. Didn't show hardly any other run in their Saturday highlights. Showed the, the .6 tip-in, and the one – a couple of the answers are trying to make it out to be like it was a clear foul call. Uh, it seemed a little much to me. They didn't really show anything other than Deuce dropping down that three uh, to tie it up. I mean, it was like, what in the world? A terrible job of cutting the highlights. Sports Center finally did a little bit better, at least showing the run that we made uh, and the, some of the nice plays we made to get back in that game. But just thought it was a terrible Yeah, you job. would expect more for a game that was unquestionably the game of the day, just the way it played out. Obviously, a major comeback, not something you see happen very often, a 19-point comeback. Well, unless you're West Virginia. But <laughs> – Something you would right. expect a That's little right. more coverage on, but hey, I'm this is a fucking weekly occurrence <laughs> yeah. now, Zach. I mean, to play to play in the game of the week and to be able to come back from almost nineteen to eighteen twenty points, and also at a, a a pretty frequent occurrence that uh they want to give me highlights here and turn on this volume. I'm just trying to do some research while we're talking, man. Come on, this my computer's bewitched or something at this this late hour on a Sunday night. Yeah, I, it's. It's got a mind of its own, but no, we we were we were just in that space again. It was another magical moment for us. I wanna I wanna bring something up real quick. Um, something that we didn't really address yet that may have played a part in our comeback. Um, so you get a few minutes into the second half around the sixteen minute mark. So Sean makes a corner three from 17 to 14 mm-hmm. points down and they covered it extensively after the fact during the during the broadcast but after that play happened in the timeout Ramey was getting after <laughs> yeah. Andrew Jones's ass for letting Sean have that open shot and after that man I mean you you've played sports I've played sports when something like like that happens it kind of just I don't know it has an effect on the guys and it kind of seemed like it did. I mean, maybe we're reading in, into it too much, or I am, just because of the way the game played out. But it it correlates there because after that happened, that's when we went and kept on ch- chipping and chipping and chipping away. And Texas just didn't really have much for us. It at least played a factor. I, I, Zach, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I think you you make a point, but I think they were starting to feel it and yeah. sense it coming anyway. Um, I mean, a couple of times, even when we were down 19 or 17 there, and then 
there's a couple moments Fran mentioned, hey, Mountaineers have done this before. Well, Houston, Mountaineers have done this before. It was sort of like, okay, Texas is absolutely shooting the leather off the ball, like Spatola mm-hmm. would say, or the lights out. Like, you know, I mean, one of the, I mean, they were in the 71 percentile on the game from that point. And let's also be real here real quick, Zach, thinking about this again. You know, we talked about 7 of 14 in the second half. Well, they were 3 of 3 starting off the second half. So, really, that dips to about 4 of 11 mm-hmm. coming down the stretch. That's big time. You know what I mean? And that kind of changed changed everything um, for us. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I just look at it and say there was just way too much made about that fight that they had there. Two competitors, two guys going after it. But you could feel – you could. I think they could sense that the Mountaineers were on their way. That's why Jones – or why Ramey is so pissed at Jones for not getting out there on the corner. We don't want to give these guys open looks and open shots, especially a guy like McNeil, get him going, get him in a rhythm and a flow. And uh, Ramey yeah, might have been he, right. He obviously had reason to be pissed because you see what happened after that. That really that really spurned us. So it, it was for good reason yeah. that he was all over him. Yeah, I mean, and Jones did not have one of his better games. Mm-hmm. He was the hero against us last time. He was not good. And this one, one of ten. Uh, you know, just that 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 kind of you could feel it at that point. Like you said, we we at that we got it down to fourteen. Um, and I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, Zach, it wasn't too much longer till you know fourteen closed very quickly. Mm-hmm. Even after that, um, I'm pretty sure Emmett got a nice little look and then. Sean made a three, and within a minute of that fight, altercation, we're down nine. Um, and you kind of feel like they had it going. Although I'm looking here, Zach, Texas got it back up to 15 before Jalen Bridges made a big three to cut it to 12. Sean kind of got on that out-of-bounds play, made a nice one, and then he kind of took it to, into the lane. He had two mid-range jumpers in a row that was real nice. Um before we, you know, got it back to like into the eight to ten area with about ten minutes to go, you feel like at that point, okay, we're not out of this thing. We just got to keep making shots and hoping to make a couple stops. Yeah, and we by and large did. It just continued to work in our favor from that moment. And I'm glad you mentioned Emmett's name because I'd like to give him a little shout out. He he played his f and ass off. Fourteen point seven rebounds. You got. <laughs> hey Zach, Zach, I'll. I'll... I'll, I'll Thank you. Thank you for that. He played his fucking ass. <laughs> All right. There you go. So there he he hit the glass, which we've talked about multiple times. Without Oscar, with Derek being the primary big man there, the primary rebounder, because, you know, Gabe is technically a big, quote-unquote a big. He's not going to get you a lot of rebounds most nights. Um, best, re- best rebounding game for yeah, Emmett. Emmett was great. 14-7. and sure. seven. He took a lot of abuse. He was on the floor quite a bit getting hit. Pretty much everywhere, but he shot it well. Missed a few free throws, but he really didn't do anything that hurt you. But he definitely did a lot that helped you. No, and it, it was good. Yeah, he took it personally. He took it personally, and you and you can feel that and, and feel that from him. Zach, um, speaking of Emmett, right, made a couple big, big, big shots. Um, but I, I remember now you talking about him, and, and I remember one of the turnovers. I want to talk about this real quick before we get out of this game and on other things, but I just, it just popped in my mind because I'm looking at the box score and I see McCabe's name. Why does it feel like there, especially in the end of the first half when he made that pass up the floor, trying to I think he was trying to hit Emmett on a fly route essentially, you know, that turned and turned into a big run for Texas to end the half. Then you had the, the couple turnovers that we had when we were trying to kind of cut into the lead there. Um at the end of the first half, when we were down three, we made a play. And then when we were tied, uh, we ended up making another one. We had three turnovers there, and just and it was like every time we had a chance to take the lead during a bit of that run, and it was infuriating to me. I don't remember if you can remember that too, but it was like we were just not protecting the ball, I thought, as well as we should have. And then the turnovers late were even yeah, crazy I, I remember well. the exact plays you're talking about. It was, it was unfortunate. That those happened when they did because, like you said, there were big moments in the game, whether we were tied or trying to take the lead or real, you know, getting the score closer. They were extremely inopportune, ill-timed throwovers, and you can't play that. 
just just like my just like my sound was... going off in these in these clips man. I, I gotta get off espn i'm i'm back it's three of them now it's, it's just like our just like this i wasn't gonna call you out like man, hugs and call the guys out <laughs> hey I, please do it's it's, it's it's, no, but it they, needs to happen. they were okay. ill-time turnovers. They were playing fast and loose with the ball in a time. Send my ass to the treadmill. Like, you should send their ass yeah. to the treadmill when they're playing and fast and loose with the ball. You can't do that in those you know? moments. But, thankfully, yeah. they overcame them. They've got to learn from them, though, and not let them happen too frequently down the stretch. Like, is it just me? Or, like, as well as we played Saturday, still we're in for improvement. Same thing with Oklahoma last week. Like, we're playing really good basketball against teams that are definitely in that upper crest second weekend teams, and we could still be much, completely. much better. And like you said, those are teams that are in the upper upper region of the country, and, you know, you would expect those teams to be in the mix down the stretch. I mean, you know, maybe not championship level, but it's possible. It's such a melting pot this season. There's some parity that – I mean. Let's let's be let's be honest with it, Zach. Right? I mean, when it comes down to it, Texas and Oklahoma are as good as some of the uh, some of the other teams that we have seen that are up in that top level. I mean, that's the type of game mm-hmm. that you're going to get on the weekend um, for the Sweet 16 this year because Sweet 16s on Saturday and Sunday. That's the type of team you're going to get. You're going to get an Oklahoma, a Texas, especially if you can maybe continue to continue to play well. And stay on that two to three line. That's the type of team you're going to get, and we've seen that we definitely got the capability. Yeah, to without win that, kind of, that kind of game. And you know, we haven't touched on the Oklahoma game, but that's one that we. I want to be careful how I phrase this because it's a game we absolutely could have and probably should have won, considering the chances we had, especially the very last one by Derek. But it's also a game that we probably shouldn't have been in in the first place considering how atrociously we shot the ball and how bad we sometimes, especially early. Especially early. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> great point. I mean, early on in the game, and don't get me wrong, love Deuce. And, look, I mean, look how well he did there, you know, did on Saturday against Texas, how well he's done. He did not have it in that first half. And so he was forcing at times in the Oklahoma game. And yet we still found a way – to make shots, Sean was making shots, and we got down to a point where we had a chance to win the game. Same thing here is against Texas. I guess, you know, I guess it comes down to, like, you have to feel great about whether the defense played in the second half, but you still have to feel that much apprehension about how it's looked at times here the last two weekends as well. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it's kind of like a mixed bag. You're not really sure what to expect from them at times. I mean, yeah, how do how do we go about that, man? I mean, what realistically, like, do you think that we can turn? Can we can we just figure it out? Hey, guys, this is how we got to do it. And like, did we learn from Saturday? Like, did we learn a little bit from like being able to turn it on a little bit on Saturday again? And we played, you know, I mean, I feel like that was some of the best defense we've played all season. So if you take that out before the Oklahoma game, we were starting to play a little bit better defense too. Maybe that was just an aberration, and maybe we're back to kind of figuring it out. We won't be on as much of a pause. We're not playing. We're not having any pauses this week. Um, you know, COVID, COVID. Uh, you know, knock on the wood there. Related that nothing happens. Um, I mean, we're going to oh, be yeah. in a rhythm and a flow this and week. It, it's this is a week where I think that we might get a little bit of of an answer to the question we're asking here. Is if we can expect one thing or another from this team. But if we can go in to Fort Worth on Tuesday night and not be looking ahead to Baylor, take care of business, and hopefully beat the Horned Frogs pretty handily because that's what you would expect. I mean, hell, Kansas State. I agree. Exactly. I, I agree. Care how we get it done. But it would make me very Doesn't happy matter. to beat them by Doesn't double matter. digits. Doesn't and, matter. You know, have well, that, that just because it's Jamie Dixon, that, that makes it a little point. sweeter. I but mean, that's really you don't want to see them yeah. get caught with their pants around their ankles, right. looking ahead to Baylor on Thursday. And if we can take, like you said, at least take care of business on Tuesday, yeah. compete with Baylor, maybe even have a shot at beating them on Thursday. I think that would give you a really good indication of what this team can be in March. Zach, I'm going to go ahead and tell you something here real quick. Um, 
I agree with everything you said. There's a couple things that I that I'm gonna kind of, uh, at least in my opinion, uh, sort of what I think is gonna happen here with these with these guys coming up. TCU, had they not beat us last year in Fort Worth there toward the back end of the season, I would be very nervous about this game. But I feel like knowing hugs, knowing these guys, knowing the fact that we took it on the chin to those guys last year down there, we're going to be pissed. And TCU is not as good as they have been last year. They don't have the same level of caliber of kids. They just got beat by Kansas State. Um, they're not, they are not necessarily a team that, that I go into this thing. I don't want to be too overconfident, but I also feel like if we come out there and we play our game, I feel very good about our opportunity to come out of there with a win. Um, oh, for sure. On and Tuesday it's a team night. you would 100%, 100% expect to beat, but that's kind of what gives me a little bit of pause, especially with having Baylor two days later. Again, it's it's one that I think we yeah. will definitely pull out, and if we if we get them a little more confidently, don't have to worry about it as much. Definitely not as much as we did against Texas at the end. Then I'll I'll be happier. It would definitely it would definitely be nice to kind of put our kind of um kind of American History X kind of put our uh, curb stomping on somebody real quick, um, sort of kind of. You know, don't let them off the mat. Kind of, kind of put them. Um, you know, mm-hmm. kind of get the game going in our direction early, and be able to kind of win a comfortable basketball game. You know, I think that would be something real nice to do, and also maybe be able to kind of load management a little bit, quote unquote, um, getting ready for Baylor on Thursday. But I'm going to say this, Zach, about the Baylor game. Now they had another game postponed this weekend. You know, versus Kate Cunningham and, and the Pokes. Now they're going to get to play Iowa State on on Tuesday. Um, granted, great team, you know, kind of like how we played Kansas State to get them back and ready to play. But they haven't played in a long time, and I'm not sure Iowa State's necessarily going to work out all the kinks for them. And then we get to play them on Thursday at five o'clock, a little early start time. I think there's a really good opportunity here for us to go in and steal that game in Waco and shock the nation. Who's the last team to beat the Baylor Bears? I think we know who it is. I don't think there's any fear from us when we play those guys. I think a lot of teams go in there and just are a little bit intimidated by them. I don't think that's going to happen with with Virginia. And that's something I didn't even realize without you saying it. We are the last team to have beaten Baylor. It's so weird to think about that. Um, Seems like forever ago at this point, but – I mean, hey, man, the world has changed a lot since uh, since Deuce, you know, mm-hmm. essentially exploded the roof off the Coliseum last yeah. March. I mean, so it's wow. understandable. Flash from the past, but <laughs> no, you're right. Baylor, Baylor coming off such a long layoff is obviously a big yeah. question mark there. And, you know, last game they played was February 2nd, so it'll been have been a whole entire three weeks since they played ball, which will, like you said, be against Iowa State on Tuesday. And it'll be interesting to see how they come out. I'm sure there'll be a little – little rusty to start but hell they may come out firing like texas did after their short layoff i mean they were they were lighting us up to start and i mean they're obviously one of the best teams in the nation but i think we might legs might get to him a little bit there in the second half though zach I and mean, if you haven't played a game in three weeks you're, you're not necessarily right. game the game wears on with a team like us we're gonna um, keep you know getting after you and getting after you so that's gonna play a factor absolutely I mean, if we kind of want to get in here real quick and sort of, um, I mean, I don't think we want to necessarily dis- discard and and not not give TCU the proper credit here, but we're obviously real excited about this Baylor game. How do you I think, think we, we match, match up, up with them fairly well? Obviously, their guards are what you really have to prepare for: Butler, Mitchell, and Teague. But you know, our guards have to be prepared for as well. We we bring a lot to the table, especially the way we've been playing lately, providing more offensive firepower than a West Virginia team is expected to in the Huggins era. So they're going to have to pre- prepare for us too, and I think that the key matchup is going to be Culver. I mean, he's going to have to exploit their lack of size down there. Obviously, when they bring Chamuchacho in, he, he brings that size, but 
you know, Vital's tough. Of course, everybody knows it. It's well documented. He's a tough son of a bitch. But Culver's got to use his size to his advantage and make them pay for running a little smaller. Culver, Culver kind of needs to be on his A game, mm-hmm. kind of have that great work ethic, kind of be that good Derek um, on, you know, the rest of this week. And, you know, it's so interesting because at times you see it out of him and at other times you wonder from him what exactly is going on. Um, and, you know, you, you see it, it – you see it from it seems like not even not even like half to half, but like – you know, four-minute media timeout to four-minute media timeout. Sometimes you wonder what exactly we're going to get, you know, yeah, the next play. It's frustrating because he started – He he's out like outrageously he's talented. Then he – look no further than the Texas game to describe exactly what you're talking about because he started off pretty well, and then he just had a series of plays that were just like, dude, what are you doing offensively and defensively? And it's extremely frustrating because you you see what he can do, you see what he can be, and I'll I'll say it flat out in the first half, Jericho Sims made Derek Culver his bitch. It was it it was embarrassing. Yeah, while and he was out there on the floor, that early. can't happen. You cannot do that if you're going to be not only one of the best big men in the conference, but one of the best big men in the country. You you've got to assert your dominance. You've got to be given it your damnedest all the time and i'm not trying to bash the kid he he busts his ass out there but he does have lapses at times that make you think what the hell is he doing here but he is a kid you know you got to keep that in mind you just you expect yeah. a lot out of the guy yeah i think i think that's probably a fair statement to say zach is we do expect a lot out of him and so maybe at times it's not you know maybe we need to kind of relax on him a little bit but like you said, though, and, and now I'm kind of, Zach, looking into this TCU game here a little bit. Um, TCU does try and go a little bit bigger than I think a lot of teams do in this league, which I think will be interesting. But I think that just means you're going to have to – Derek has to be good, and I think he can definitely play with the Kevin Samuel guy, uh, the type of player that he is, and, and old O'Bannon and down low. TCU doesn't really have an explosive offensive team. So I think that's a game where if we make shots um, – you know, they don't have they don't have Bain anymore. They don't have some of those guys that kind of had really carried them and got, you know, Dixon uh, in the in the Horn Frogs, you know, to be able to kind of bust that streak of making the tournament. That they don't have those group of shooters anymore. So that's gonna be clutch for us, I think. And then the Baylor game, like you said, Zach, you know, Chamochacho and Vital are definitely tough down there. Um, but there is no Gillespie anymore. And I think that's a huge a huge benefit to us. But, again, it, it comes down, I think, eventually in that game to guard play. And can our guards guard well enough against the Baylor guards, which are pretty elite? But if our guys are making shots and, you know, it gets into a free-flowing game, who knows? I mean, I, I, I mean, is Meyer the type of guy that you think kind of gives them an X factor? Like, is it Meyer versus Emmett? I mean, is there a matchup under the table we're not looking at or not thinking about that might end up being a real – Clutch, yeah, I could, I could see Meyer potentially Thursday. being an X factor. I mean, he he's very streaky, but when he's on, I mean, he's he's extremely tough. But Flagler's a guy that you got to watch out for. One of their best shooters um, coming off the bench. Uh, he's guard, yeah, another great JUCO guy. He's a hell of a there. JUCO pickup. He was. Uh, he's he's one you got to watch out for. I I just think that. Their guards are just so versatile, and they're obviously a great defensive team, so we're going to have to score in our own right. But it's so weird to say this, but this Mountaineer team can score with anybody across the landscape. So I don't think scoring will be a problem. Obviously, yeah. Baylor's going to improve. It's, it's, it's our defensive it intensity yeah. and ability to play right. defense against Baylor and that I think is one zone like he did against, to win this in the game. second half. Yeah against Texas is the answer, then by God, let's do it. You know, Zach, I, again, like it's funny because you say go zone, but you listen to Emmett Matthews' postgame, and he says that's man. It is it is such a matchup, point drop, you know, a zone kind of with so many man-to-man principles in it 
and traps. And it's just, it's, I think that's something we got to look at using more often. And I know he doesn't want to use it, you know, more than he has to use it. But if Texas is essentially, I mean, they were just getting biased. We, we cannot guard the ball screen. For some odd reason, this group of guys at this point in time is not able to do so. And if you're getting picked apart on it, you know, in, in the game, they realize that these guys can't guard us at all in this thing. If, if teams are really, really good at it, we have to get off of that. And so hopefully, I mean, obviously that'll be a key on Thursday. And, of course, every game with us is, is our ability to guard that um, guard that ball screen because if you have to go off of it, you know. And, and, Zach, I'd like to know why, for some reason, when we play the point drop in that kind of matchup zone, the ball screen doesn't seem to be as much of a factor well, I think one is reason when, is because the rotations are so integral in that matchup zone. You've got your area that you're responsible for, and then you're switching around with your guys. It's just mm-hmm. kind of built in. But for some reason, when we've got guys that are trying to step out and hedge, which Oscar was famously horrendous at guarding pick and roll, and we the expectation yeah. was that we'd get a little better because we have a little bit of a little bit more quickness out there with our smaller lineup, but. Man, we are still awful. There were times against Texas in the first half that Derek's pick and roll defense was just as bad as Oscar's ever was. It was disgusting. He either overcommitted or didn't hedge at all yeah. and got beat one way or the other. It was awful. He ha- he just I feel like he's been a lot better at times it. too. It's a very simple concept. Um, yeah. Yeah, and he seems to struggle with it at times. Uh, I mean, it's – you know, and, and also, too, especially for this Baylor game coming up, Very. I mean, they're a good three-point shooting team. I mean, we can we cannot leave dudes wide wide open against these guys. I mean, you got Butler shooting 44.6, Davion Mitchell shooting 49.4, Flagler 44.6, Myers 46.2. Uh Hell, even Vitals at 43.2. I mean, he doesn't take a lot of them. Okay. No, excuse me. That is not right. Vitals is at zero. Um, that's Cryer. Cryer's at 43.2. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Zach. I, uh, my, my apologies on that. Um, but, I mean, that's going to be key for us as well, right? I mean, we have to do a good job of, of you know, not allowing a bunch of easy, unguarded catch-and-shoot jump shots on Thursday because if that's the case – I mean, we will have we we'll absolutely have to shoot at a yeah, defense is like going to be the key for us. That game. You're absolutely right, and if we can if we can inflict our you know our style on them or the style that we're used to having on Baylor, we we will absolutely have a chance to win that game for for. Hey Zach, Zach. So you know. I mean, not to make light of it, but I mean, with all the stuff going on in Texas, the deep freezer down there, you know, we've been talking all year about how in the Big 12 basketball realm, we are the North. Um, I saw a couple of, you know, verbal meme here of the Night King, just dudes just heard dressed up that. and just walking around random places in Texas. Um, and I think we just decided to bring that weather with us. Uh, down there, and we're getting ready to play the uh, what I would consider Baylor as the Targaryens. Um, hell bent on taking the throne from the Lannisters. Yeah, I could. I can get a lot of that firepower. there. Like you said, hell bent on on taking the crown, just kicking Kansas's ass straight out the building, and. Yeah, I mean, and very shady past as well. Let's, you know, we, we know what's happened in the past there. And we know that the Targaryens had some shady shit go down in their, their initial reign there before, before Danny went and, you know, yeah, no doubt. Took I, it back I'm, for that I'm behind that one. Time. I'm, I'm not throwing, I'm not throwing any shade at Scott Drew on this either because, you know, I'm just, we just, we know the Dave Bliss situation. Okay. Of the north i mean we're we're still trying to you know we're still trying to kind of make our way toward that throne i think it, at this point in time would be it's it's damn near impossible they're not going to make baylor play enough games so you know this year yeah we can to win the realm we can claim gonna be tough brian is the king but we all know that he wasn't the real king so we're we're still waiting to get to get that status yeah and i, I think we're kind of 
I think we've as much as it'd be nice to win a regular season championship in this league uh, this year, or you know, to for that matter, to win a conference championship this year in this league. I think this year, 2020, being as wild as it is, the goal has to be on making a Final Four and to potentially winning the whole damn thing. Um, and I think that's what we're. I think that's where we are kind of aiming toward and kind of uh, gearing up for at this point in time. I mean, I feel like Hugs is playing some mind games with these guys. He really likes them. I think he's yeah, able no to doubt. see what's going um, on around the rest of the I'm country. thinking that's the goal, too. Whenever whenever everything went down at the beginning of the year, kind of like, eh, maybe this is a team that we hope gets to the second weekend and then comes back next year and can take it all. But I'm, I'm with you. This is a team that should be able to go the distance, hopefully have that kind of potential because, like I said, there's so much parity out there. I think that this is one of the, the top teams in the country. I don't think there's a question about it. There's already a recognition. I mean, I mean, Zach, here's the reality of it, right? I mean, when we play on Thursday night, we are playing. I mean, you could argue, I mean, the argument's being made that they're the best team in the country. We played the other best team in the country back when we had, when mm-hmm. we had he who shall not be named trying to guard the ball screens, like we talked about, and that didn't work. And in a terrible officiated game, we're the only team that's lost to those guys by less than 10 points. And, and that includes Iowa. That includes Virginia. That includes, I think, um, yeah, Kansas for that. I mean, there's a lot of teams that lost to Gonzaga by a lot of points. And we were right there. If you think about two interesting, interesting charge calls, I mean, Hug still brings up the Taz Sherman call. I don't know I mean, if interesting is the right word. He was bringing that up in mid uh Diplomatic. Intriguing. Intriguing. Uh, yeah, you know, we can <laughs> – yeah, well, that, yeah. I think I think you like kind of faded on that, which saved you a little bit, kind of muffled you. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 the truth, though, Zach. I mean, like, and I think if I'm not mistaken, after this win here against Texas, they had us as the top three seed, three seeded line team. Um, man, any if we are anywhere on that three to two line, I'm happy about where we're at. I feel like if you win these next two of these next three games, you play no, Baylor tight. Not. You're not you going to lose ground to losing to Baylor. If you beat them. You're sure as hell to gain a lot of respect. Oh, I mean, let's put the, let's let's ask that question. If you beat Baylor, now granted, we don't know what's going to happen following the Kansas State game on Saturday. We would imagine that there's going to be some added games, but we don't know who's getting added, when they're getting added. We just know there's supposed to be three teams coming to the Coliseum, um, or should come to the Coliseum, but. Regardless of how you look at it, there's a possibility of this team being 18 and six, or 17 and seven, nine and five in the Big 12, or 10 and four if you beat Baylor. Assuming you beat TCU and you beat K State, I mean that's that's easily two line, and then you have three games with three pretty, you know, yeah, at least two quality opponents in your building. I don't think I don't think we're playing the Baylor game though, Zach. Probably not. I don't and think they're coming tomorrow. I don't know. I don't think the Big Twelve is going to make. I it agree. Happen. I don't know who the discussion was last damn week, shame. last Thursday that we were going to potentially play, but I know that there was some discussion that we may have a game on Thursday of last week. Obviously, it didn't happen, but they're trying to get these games made up. I'm hoping, that, like you said, they get at least a couple in up in the Coliseum. But I, I would not be in the slightest bit surprised if the second Baylor game didn't happen. I'm just hoping for the first one if for no other reason than just to have as a measuring stick for before March Madness comes along. Yeah. Yeah. To get to see him, you know. And, and, yeah, because like we said, we did play Gonzaga without or with he who right. should not be named. We haven't played Baylor Gonzaga without one of those guys yet. I think we'd be I think we're better off without him, but then again, would be nice to see it and have that measuring stick to look at it to say, okay, that's what we that's what we can expect. Okay. Um, good point on that, Zach. We, I think we were supposed to play Oklahoma State that Thursday night. And then, you know, the Midwest just got the the craziest, you know, the Night King came down himself. and uh, Yeah, they weren't ready for that. They're into, still not recovering from that. So I, I was honestly unsure if we were going to play that game in Austin on Saturday. But thankfully we did or we wouldn't have yeah. gotten to see that hell of a performance. Oh, the amazing comeback, the amazing comeback. And, and Zach, speaking of, I know we were kind of, kind of talking about, you know, Austin and and teams getting, uh, 
teams being able to not get coveted or not not getting delayed to get to play the Longhorns. Speaking of Kentucky, by the way, how about that win? And how about uh, Cal Perry now that he's actually wearing a damn quarter zip like the rest of college? Only got on the boat. I guess the a couple games. college basketball gods were uh, trying to tell him something. Absolutely. I mean, they, you know, I think, I think it was just good karma. I think finally, once you, once you realize, you know, this is one for all here, man, get on board, Cal. I think he finally, uh, he got a little love and man, what a win for them though, to, to, I mean, this week, absolutely knocking the dog shit out of Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee's, I think Tennessee's a fraud. Are you, are you putting them on I notice? hope like hell we can get them in our bracket. Yeah. Oh, who Tennessee? Oh, absolutely. That's a trash squad. I don't know how they've been ranked where they've been all year. Tennessee, Ooh. fully on notice, Zach. I, I think that's a team that might lose in the first round. They were ranked, what, top 10 to start. Everyone talked about they had all these good freshmen. Nah. So, I'm going to put been, a they've been, team they've on been notice, too. All year. You've, you've been doing this internally with me, but I'm going to – I'm going to go ahead and throw Nova out there. You've been bashing them oh, all year. I'm going to make it official for you on your behalf. Yes. Losing to Creighton, the ass kicking they took last weekend. We haven't had a chance to talk about it since it happened. They're, they're overhyped in my opinion. Barely beat UConn this week. Yeah. They shouldn't have beat UConn. It was a tough well, one for maybe them. Should, tough maybe one should have a, a strong word, but like – yeah, yeah, and if Book Knight's getting a little bit more uh, kind of in yeah, the flow, yeah, he had just that come team, back from his hiatus. It could have been a lot it, different. It could have been a different story for for them if he wasn't still getting back. But I, I don't think Villanova is quite the team that they're made out to be by their ranking and you know the typical notoriety. They get. Yeah, they don't. Big East is a, Big East is weak. Yeah, I mean the Big East is a weak ass conference. Creighton's um, got some dudes. Maybe other than – I think Creighton can make some noise. Uh, yeah, they can shoot the ball. I just don't like Nova. I'm with you, Zach. I mean, I just I've – been, I've been kind of on this parade since they barely beat Arizona State like the first game of the year. Like, I'm like, I don't know about Nova, man. I don't know. And Nova got me a bad beat on that too, dude. Dude threw a, a half-court pass. That was a terrible look. Should have been picked off by, by UConn. Maybe cuts it to four. Gets pushed in the back. The dude from Nova catches it, tip passes it up for a layup. UConn doesn't foul. I had UConn plus. Well, at least uh, Virginia it found a, a way to keep you on your under last beat. night. That was when you had to sweat out, my friend. Oh Lord, that was that was that was amazing. Now, luckily, I also had some unders that were a little higher than that, so we pushed on the one thirty one. Crazy. That was. And the 130, when they scored the 131, yeah, I was, I was thinking about you the whole time. It's going to happen. It never did. <laughs> oh, hey, but hey, I, I appreciate it. Good vibes always help, man. And you know, you know what else, too? Virginia losing that game to Duke. Um, Virginia's a team I wouldn't mind playing, man. I mean, I know last week I said I didn't want to play them, but now I do. Like, Virginia, if we were like kind of flirting with her being kind of in my bracket, I think she's kind of been eliminated. Like I don't know, well, she she just she didn't bring her well, not to this weekend. You know, not to get on Virginia's about case it was, wasn't quite by right. any means, but besides the year they won the national title, they kind of have a reputation for not showing up in the tournament. You know what I mean? So it could be another one of those years where they get an early exit. Yeah, we stay in. Hey, I mean, those retrievers. We still, you know, nobody, nobody will ever. Will ever forget those retrievers, man? Zach, I know. I think I've told you this before, but I have the uh, the media guide from their tournament appearance there and that win versus uh, versus Virginia. And everyone else has these like spiral books, and UMBC is literally That's stapled together, like they made it at Kinko's the morning of the tournament. Yeah, that's a hell of a thing. I love it, man. I do love it. First sixteen to ever beat a one. I mean. Oh, it's uh, hey, I I I think thank my sister for it. You know, she was was very very generous gift of her kind of a college basketball um, memento that I've that I've got there. 
and uh, along, along with you know, speaking of Zach, I'm, I'm staring here. I'm staring at the hugs bobble. I have not. Sister I bobble. did see that. Have you got to watch the smack Drake's ass last weekend, and followed it up by losing to them a day or two later. And then they lost on Sunday, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have those kind. Of, I'm glad. I am so happy that the Big Twelve is not doing that back-to-back nonsense like some of these other conferences are doing. Don't get me wrong. It's great for those conferences. Yeah, I mean, in those conferences just glad it's where the money's not being done that way in the Big 12. You know, as easily able to pay to travel as frequently and as far as, as big, you know, power five conferences are, it does make more sense. But I'm with you. I'd, I'd rather have some time in between matchups to, you know, have a little bit of space. Digest it a touch. Yeah, not just going – Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. I mean, the Ivy does it all the time. But, uh, well, then also, too, I mean, there's games to hard to make up. It's just, you really shit out a lot. I mean, wow. Marshall, I think, had three home games the entire year at home. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, tough, tough for them. I mean, Zach, so this, this week, though, I mean, two more down here in Texas. Um, a home game with Kansas State on Saturday, which we feel pretty comfortable about, I think, as well. Um, and then we, we sit and wait um, before a Big 12 championship. And then, I mean, like, it's we're gearing up, man. I mean, this is – Yeah, it's crazy. Champ we're, week we're starts March stretch. 3rd. Can you believe it? I mean, it's – now, granted, March it starts March 3rd for the smaller leagues. I'm sure there's going to be some, some – we're probably going to see some big boy matchups still – during that initial week, just because of the way it kind of sits this year uh, in the conference has kind of made sure that they had a week to kind of get in some games. So won't just be conference. Oh, yeah. Be I'm just saying March is right around the play, corner, man. I, uh, that I'm first pumped. week. Oh, it's there. <laughs> yeah, but beware the odds of March, you know. I mean, and that, I mean, let's let's kind of close this close up shop here real quick with this. I kind of want to get if you right now had to kind of look at a bracket and you had to pick four teams that you thought were, you know what? I, I, granted, draws everything. We know that, but four teams that you would consider throwing on to, you know, to get to the, the teams that I would say who would be your four despite, right now? Despite draw. Yeah, let's just you know teams teams that you kind of like, you know, despite draw, just teams that you like the feel of them. Am I allowed to cherry pick the I'm top teams? Them far okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can cherry pick. You can cherry pick oh, them. Okay. Well, I think one of them. I think you're wrong on one of them. So throw them into the I'm going to start with Baylor because they're just they're the best all around team in the country, in my opinion, week in okay, week yeah. out. Obviously, we're going to have to see what happens with them coming back from that three-week layoff. And, you know, a little untimely, but they should have just enough time to get back in the swing of things before tournament time. So I'm going to go with them. Let's hope so. Michigan, we keep especially after that win today against Ohio State. There, Yeah, I think so. You have. You've been on that wagon for quite a while. I've been clamoring for Michigan for a while, my friend. I love Michigan. They're tough. I love Dickinson, man. And Smith, the Harvard transfer to point guard, tough kid, makes plays. Like, Wagner's good. Like, they're just a total team. They play tough defense. I love Michigan. Like, I know everyone's been, like, Ohio – or been all about um, all about Gonzaga Baylor all year. But, man, Michigan is no, every I, bit I as good agree. as Gonzaga I, and Baylor, I think. I was looking at their personally. roster today. They've got a lot of senior guys. They've got a lot of experience on that team. Like you said, Smith, Livers. I mean, they've got – hell, Livers was on that team where uh, Beatler took a, a couple years ago. Yeah, the B-line. I'm pretty sure um, old Brooks – I believe you're right. Uh, who made the big shot to beat Houston at the buzzer is still playing. Yeah, I think yeah, he missed – They're, like, they're a team that I can definitely see making a run at the end. Um, I mean, yeah, definitely. Here's another one you may you may be I a little surprised about, but it might just be the the team, the way they play, the guys they have. 
amount of points they can score. But my, my favorite thing about this team is their coach, and that's Alabama. I'm a huge Tomatoes fan. I could see them making a run. They're a team that scores like a shit too. ton of points. I like it. I believe they I like put it. up like, like what, one, it went over 100 in regulation last week, if I'm not mistaken. Man, that's nuts. Oh, yes. Yes, they did. And they, they scored some. And they had a they had and you know what I was impressed with them Saturday Zach because they didn't play as well as they typically do, but yet still found a way to beat Vandy. Shackelford was big. Petty didn't have a great game, and yet they still found a way. I, I'm with you, dude. I mean, I think it's, it's just tough to score them. I don't they may not play the best defense, good, but man, they're tough. I mean, they're going to score with just about anybody, and it seems like they're really kind of hitting their stride. Um, lost a tough one to Missouri uh, a couple weeks ago, but I I think that they're a damn good team and one that could maybe. Make maybe not a Cinderella run because they should be in the you know top four seed lines yeah. without a without a doubt. But they're they're a team that I kind of like, and I think like I said, Nate Oates he impresses the hell out of me. I just think he's a hell of a coach. One hundred percent. Zach, that's the team I want to avoid if I'm West Virginia. I feel like that. I feel like we Alabama and WVU matchup would be a phenomenal. Basketball game. Yeah, game I agree that with that too. We, I mean, I and one like guy that you mentioned there was uh, Javon Quinterly, a guy they got from Villanova a couple of years ago. Jelly Fam, he's he's a hell of an acquisition for that team. A guy that comes off the bench for them, who was he he was a top ten Jelly recruit fame. in the nation, that's, that's I believe, when he went to Villanova. He's a hell of a ball player, and he's coming off their bench. So they've they've got a lot of talent throughout that lineup. And like you said, that's a team I would definitely not want to see in March if I could if I could avoid them. Got one more team to pick. Yeah. So, so now you got one yeah, more team here. I do. I'm. I'm Correct. trying to you avoid went, the Homer pick. You went but... Michigan. <laughs> Just, and then you okay, I like I want it. All right. Us. <laughs> no, hey, it, hey, to I, avoid to avoid the homerism. Don't, don't let me I'm, stop I'm you, buddy. I'm gonna throw. And part of this is because I just – I think Desumu is such a stud. I'm going to throw Illinois in there because I think Desumu was just such a baller. He's a guy who can maybe it's help tough. carry them that, you know, that distance in the tournament. I mean, hey, let's put it this way, Zach. Illinois – Desumu is – is sort of a higher mm. regarded Deuce McBride right now in terms of being the closer, right? And and he's been a little bit more consistent. Um, but Illinois, I think, also doesn't have as many other guys that can score at the level West, like West Virginia does, so it's not as equally distributed. Um, now, Frazier's a good player, and obviously Kofi Coburn is a, is a stud, and Illinois is a tough team. Um, man, that's, that's a good one. I mean, I, I can't can't fault you if you thought you were going to pick them in the final four. I think no. that's a solid pick, especially if I can get them on the two or the three line. I don't like them if they're the one. I feel like that's a team that if they're a one seed, ugh, I'm I'm probably picking them to lose in the Sweet 16 or something like that to somebody. It doesn't yeah, matter who. They just one. So I don't feel like they're going to make it that run the, from the one line. Four level. Yeah. Oh, man. So Zach, I'm going to go ahead and also – be uh, a little chalkish at the top. I'm going to say Baylor. I think that is a team that's definitely going to grind its way to the Final Four this year, um, especially if they get, you know, can finish strong, get a one, stay on that top line. They can beat teams in so many different ways. Uh, I like them. I just – I like the glue and vital. You got to love Butler. Pledger can shoot. Davion Mitchell. I mean, Myers a tough guy. I mean, they're, they're – Baylor is, is for sure um, a team that yeah, I got to put in the final four. Zach, I'm not even going to avoid. I'm not even going to avoid putting it into this level. The homerism will start with me at number two. I love us. I love us. I think we're playing as well as anybody. Um, I think we're coming around at, at the right time. I think we can score with anybody at any time. Um, I'm going to put us on. I'm going to say us as a two, especially if we're on that two to three line which is where we'll be. Um, I kind of like us kind of pulling swarm reminiscent to 2010. Um, and I think our defense is getting better all the time. Third, 
Zach, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to pick another Big Ten team, and I'm going to go with Michigan as well. I, I can't I can't not get off that horse with them. Um, they've been incredible all year long. Um, love love the way Dickinson kind of plays and feeds off of that team. Um, you know, the only question I have with Michigan though mm-hmm. is Jawan Howard. Like, man, he's he's very good coach, but he's never coached in the tournament. And I know that while that, you know, like he's definitely been in I mean, it's not like he doesn't know the game and he's not gonna be flustered. He's been in the NBA, he's been in tournaments and as a player, it's just different, right? And that makes me a little hesitant to put them onto that final four level. Yeah, I'm like but their talent and the way they play. Like I said too, the senior leadership they have on right. the team. Um, that, that so I'm going to go ahead and go with Michigan. With, with... Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very. And you know what else too, Zach? It's very much kind of in the in the mold of um, the beeline teams and how good they were, right? And I think that's important that they some of those guys have had tournament experience, like you said, and Martelli mm-hmm. on the bench as well as a very, very um, good kind of steady hand to have. And so, I mean, I don't – I mean, Ohio State really impressed me today, but I'm not putting them there, um, although I could definitely see them being there. I kind of like your Illinois pick, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you another Big Ten team, Zach, that I feel like could make a run, mm. although I'm disappointed to see them on the two-line right here in Lenardi's updated bracket. That's Iowa. Although, I mean, man, today they didn't look great against Penn State, but they're starting to play a little better defense. The Big Ten knows them so well. I think they can score I, and beat honestly, anybody I, in a two-game tournament for two consecutive throughout weeks. most of the season. But they keep dropping games that I feel like they shouldn't drop. But at the same time, they've had some injury issues. They just, uh, they just got Frederick back. That's going to be a big piece for them to have down the stretch. They – that's another team that can score in bunches. They shoot the ball lights out from the perimeter. Obviously, Garza goes without saying he's a force on the inside. He can shoot from the outside. You know, McCaffrey, very good coach. That, I would not be surprised to see them make a run. That's that's a good pick as well. I mean, it's like – and then once you get out of that realm, though, I mean – I don't see too many teams that are at the bottom here. No. Toward either. the bottom. But it always – That I feel like are teams I want to pick to win four games. It's really once – it ha- Yeah, you're right. It always does happen because, like, you think about it just from the terms of how this how this thing works, you know. Florida and VCU could very easily beat Iowa. And then, you know, Missouri might beat Virginia. And then you're sitting there with a – Florida or V let's just go VCU versus Missouri uh sweet sixteen match after Absolutely play Baylor right. in the Elite Eight. I cannot wait for it. I mean, it happens all the time. That's what makes March March. Yeah, hey, and we're so close to it. Zach, brother, I appreciate you coming by tonight, man. Um we're gonna hopefully get in here again and kind of uh like dissect another it. victory against TCU before a, a big one on Thursday, man.